Welcome to Never Rewrite. I'm Isaac Askew. And I'm Jeffrey Sherman. And today we're going to discuss working with coworkers who are emotionally committed to doing a rewrite. So the genesis of this episode, uh, in our last episode, we had special guest Jonathan Stark, and I made the comment that I've worked with at least four developers who have said something to the effect of, I don't want to improve the current code because that would take the pressure off of doing a rewrite. And Isaac, you were saying that you've worked with developers who just said the current system is terrible and we should rewrite it. Yeah, like many, many people who've just seen a system and thought this is not done the right way and mm -hmm. we should rewrite it for the sake of just uh, of doing it professionally, basically. Right. What they consider to be professional. Yeah. Right, doing it the right way, ignoring the fact that what we have today works. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, and so we're thinking that these people, they're emotionally invested in the idea that we need to do a rewrite and you it's hard to rationally discuss it with them mm -hmm. because you're having an entire like it, they're not open to a rational discussion you can't say oh yes this architecture is bad but the system works and it makes the company money and so we should just leave it alone or yeah it's interesting to use it that the, the phrase is like emotionally invested or even having a logical conversation because i think from their perspective they feel like they're being logical right because mm. their whole you know idea around who they are as a developer how they've been trained or the the years decades of experience they have tell them the way we're building it or the way this thing was built is sloppy which which might be true right um but uh they haven't really married that idea with a concept from the business which is like we're trying to make money we have a finite number of resources and doing it the sloppy way is actually better for our business for right now than it would be to me to spend all of my extra time and money letting you scratch your itch of doing this the academically correct way that's going to make you feel like a, a professional developer. Yeah, the way I would phrase it is whether or not it was done sloppy in the past for a good or bad reason, right? It doesn't matter. It was done sloppy in the past. And I can agree mm -hmm. that it was done sloppy in the past where where the conversation usually bogs down is it's not worth fixing probably ever, certainly not in a, in a rewrite kind of way, because, you know, opportunity cost, which many developers just have no sense of as well as just actual costs, like fix changing mm -hmm. this from a sloppy system to a architecturally perfect system won't generate any, like it doesn't improve any money. And, unless you're working for a charity, nobody's paying you to, mm -hmm. <laughs> to do things artistically perfect. I, I like that phrase actually too, uh, art artistically perfect. <laughs> Cause as you were talking, it kind of reminded me, um, I have an uncle who's very, um, uh, almost like a perfectionist with how he does things for everything from, uh -huh. from the things that do require artistic perfection to very simple, build a practical or fix a practical thing in my home, like plumbing or something like that kind of thing. And I, I was thinking about it in my head, like the amount of time he dedicates towards perfectionism, towards certain aspects that like, I was thinking if he, if he builds somebody for that, like let's say he was getting paid to do that mm -hmm. hourly for somebody else and spent all that time doing it so clean, you know, from his mind, he's doing a good job. But I imagine from the people paying for it they would be like, if you had worked half the time <laughs> and just patched it like I wanted, 
that's great. I'm glad that you did it in such a clean way, but you know, like I don't have all this money <laughs> to throw at you. Uh, and that's kind of the, <laughs> the line there. Cause it is right. the artistic expression, right? Cause some people put their art in everything they do, but not every customer can pay the level of time and effort that every artist is trying to do. Some people don't want you to be an artist. They mm-hmm. just want you to get the job done. And it's really hard to separate that for some people, I think. Yes. So now we've spent four minutes discussing. So what, how do we, how do you work, not work with them, but how do you, I mean, you, the, the question is how do you work with them in terms of working so that you can move the project forward, right? As we would say, thesis ship, get us, mm-hmm. get to an iterative delivery cadence on this project where somebody is pushing that, no, no, we have to not do anything. We're going to rewrite it. Yeah. And that's the genesis of today is, you know, how do you bring it so that you can get them around to see it or make progress in the face of their opposition? In my example, yeah. where they're like, oh, I don't want to fix it. I guess my, f- my first thought would be to maybe pull out of the, um, the, the tunnel vision for a moment and go back to big picture of like money being spent at the company mm-hmm. and problems that we've got. So if you've got, you know, a ton of cash <laughs> as a company, right. And you've got a lot of resources and time and not much things to do. I could see someone trying to make the argument of like, let's clean up something. Right. But if you could maybe go back and show, Oh, We've got like 10 dumpster fires right now. The thing that you're talking about, you're right in that it's not done in a really clean way. And I agree with you. Like, you know, I think you have to at least validate that they're correct, that from their perspective, the thing is is really poorly done. It looks like shoddy craftsmanship. And just say, yep, you're right. That is. That is a good but, point. Validate their Yeah. Because they're not wrong, right? It's just that the the priorities are misaligned i think it may be bringing back the business interest and showing these guys right here saying they have like 20 pissed off customers that want this particular feature they're paying for to be fixed and the thing that you want to rewrite can be you could patch it real quick and then go work towards the thing that the customers are complaining about and that might actually be more of a financial incentive there Mm. um so i think maybe that would be my my first thought what do you think that's a good one uh you know, certainly trying to have a, not a, a, a reason to, con- instead of trying to convince them not to do it, explain mm-hmm. why you b- believe that they shouldn't do it and hopefully get some traction there. I think my f- first instinct is going the opposite route of, okay, if we're going to redo this, right, like buy into their assumption and kind of run with them with a game, game it out of it of, okay, yeah. we're going to, we're going to do a full rewrite. There's all this code that we don't understand. And there's two things we could do first. We could either try to figure out which code isn't run anymore and get rid of it so that we don't have to mm-hmm. port it. Or two, try to understand what this code does, which, by which I mean mostly unit tests, but it might be integration tests or end-to-end tests. Some amount of testing, so you have some idea of Okay, if we're going to rewrite this code, can we? What is it going to do? How would we know if we did it right? Yeah. And I've gotten pushback on that. It's like, well, I don't want to write tests, or this code is really hard to test. To which I would go back to, 
okay, but if you don't know how to test it today, how would you know if it's right after you rewrite it? Mm -hmm. And even if you can't get them to commit to actually writing a test, you can often get them to commit to trying to understand the existing code or at least what the outputs are. Yeah. I mean, that's important. I, I feel like what we're dancing around is like having them almost um, ballpark estimate the amount of effort it would take. So, I mean, even if you couldn't convince them to write the test, show them like, how long do you think it would take for someone to test the system? Uh, after it's tested, how long do you think it would take to rewrite it? And even if they can't give you a full estimate, say, oh, an hour, <laughs> 10,000 hours. And then like, then after they give you some number, maybe translate that to hourly pay or, you know, like somehow mm. make that financial and show, okay, so you're saying we should spend tens of thousands of dollars to do this instead of this. Um, I, I, cause I think bringing that financial component into it is something, at least I know that I have as a developer been guilty of, I thought I'm working for the company. The company's the man, the man's right. got all the money in the world, all you the know, money. and they're just, and all the time. they got, they got money and they don't. They're like, if you're working for a startup, they don't have all the money in the world, <laughs> right? So uh, once you bring that down to financials that way and show, you know, you do have finite resources, I, I think I think that's where their brain's going is they go almost like a hobby and they're off hours when they want to perfect like they're writing a song or something, some music, they're working on guitar or whatever. And they're trying to perfect a song because they got that there's their hobby hours and then they're trying to take that same kind of concept back to work and it's just not really translating really well because... When it comes to money, that's it's not infinite, and I think that's part of it. They're like going, "Well, why don't we clean this up?" And I'm like, "Well, who's money? You know, that's, that really should be <laughs> kind of the, the, the retort." Um, but you can get lost in the idea that everybody above you just has infinite money, and that you're just the the peon at the bottom <laughs> trying to convince them to do things the right way or something. Yeah, I kind of like that. Uh, show them like, okay, this is the thing that you want to rewrite. You think it's going to take six months. Right, that's one mm -hmm. developer six months. That's back of the envelope, about a hundred thousand dollars these days. You know, is this the best way to spend a hundred thousand dollars in developer money? Yeah, yeah. Because I, I don't, I honestly do not think most people are thinking costs in that term. And I, I say that because I know for me, I wasn't thinking that way, and a lot of people I was talking to were like not thinking that way. They were just thinking this thing is so broken and our company is too stupid to realize that this is bad craftsmanship. Why are they so dumb? And that's, that, that, that's the concept, but they're not dumb. Uh, <laughs> it's I, really just financial motivation. I once snapped at a developer who was mad at me. <laughs> they're like, look, we need to fix this. I'm like, we don't need to fix it. And like, we need to fix this. This is costing us $10,000 a year. And I snapped back at them. The projects that you're refusing to work on will save the company $500,000 per year. The projects that you're yelling at me because I'm too busy are going to save the company millions of dollars a year. Mm -hmm. I agree with you that this will save the company $10,000 a year. It's too small. Stop worrying yeah. about it. Uh, this touches on one more thing that it kind of it reminds me of an actual conversation I had with the CTO at a previous company. And I was really happy because I was complaining about my tiny dumpster fire or this rewrite or whatever <laughs> I wanted. And it was nice to hear that they, instead of it just being like me complaining, like, why won't they ever focus on this? It was, there was a rephrasal of like, these are the things that are also broken here, but we'll go ahead and tell you we're not going to work on it because of these reasons. And that did so much for me. I'm like, oh, 
it's not just somebody not listening to me. Uh, it's they've got reasons why, and they're just going to go ahead and fly out and say we're not going to focus on that right now instead of it just being up in the air. Like, is no one listening to me? So at least having somebody tell you we're not going to do this mm-hmm. thing instead of not even responding to it. And these are the reasons why, because that, that satisfied me as a developer. Like, okay, now I see why. Oops, sorry about yeah. I think that's a very good call. And that goes back to what you were saying earlier about validating their analysis and mm-hmm. going back. I think that is something that in many of these cases was not done, right? Like they're also like, this is terrible and I'm not being heard. Yeah. And so I'm just going to keep it as terrible until I get heard. And really, they are being heard. What's not happening is nobody's coming back and saying, but we're not going to do anything about it because. Right. Uh, that have, Having the rationale helped me out a lot. And I, I start, I've stopped getting so bitter about it. Like, no one's listening. Like, having, like, it, it was nice to be able to go to a document and be like, this is what Isaac proposed. We've heard you. And this is why we've declined that, because these are the priorities instead. And I go, oh, those priorities are pretty big, big priorities. Okay. That right. makes this sense is, This me. is worse. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we, we get lost in that. We get lost in our own little worlds, our own little teams, our little sections of the company. And mm-hmm. I think we, because of that, our, our problems start to look a lot bigger than they really are until you pull out like the, of the small scope. Okay. So to summarize, I think what we've been saying is when you're stuck with, not stuck, when when one of your develop coworkers gets into a you know stuck into a we got to rewrite this thing, mm-hmm. and you don't agree, which I guess we ne- we say I'll never agree, but if you know if you don't agree to the point of, oh we shouldn't, you don't even agree that you should iteratively replace this thing. The we're, you know, this is just not worth it, not worth replacing at all. Sort of what we're saying is validate what they're seeing, right? Go and say, hey, yeah, this is bad. I agree with you. This is wrong. The theories are wrong. It would be easier and better and cakes and pies if we did it this other way that you're explaining. <laughs> and then help them see how much it would cost in actual theoretical dollars, right? Because it's, it's nominal. It's easy to talk about the real cost of like, you know, this would be your salary more or less right? to do it. Uh, and then show them things that are more important. Three. So show them what, things that are more important. Like this is what's going to, we wouldn't, we, if we did this, we wouldn't be able to do these things. And see if that moves them with, you know, yeah. that they've now been heard. They, you agree, this is wrong. You're not forcing them to do it wrong because you don't hear, like they're, they've been heard. Mm-hmm. And I think, um, document it too like i mentioned like the reasons why we didn't do it make it to where other people can also go back and go oh this is why they decided not to and it's not just you or your developers team Mm -hmm. having having that there is is nice to know because you can go back to it and see what it was declined in favor of yeah that's a good call too all right i think we should leave it there thank you all for listening i'm jeffrey sherman and i'm isaac askew and this is never rewrite